Jeez. Thanks for listening to Two Drink Cinema. If you'd like to support us further, head over to patreon.com slash twodrinkcinema. As a patron, you gain access to exclusive bonus episodes and can contribute to the making of Two Drink Cinema. The support of our patrons can help us go from a D-grade flop to a box office blockbuster. Patreon.com forward slash Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. Two Drink Cinema. Cheers. Welcome to Two Drink Cinema. We are on to another premiere, Melbourne style, two months late yes. of the movie Dune. Dune. We are two brothers reviewing movies, two drinks at a time. Good late evening, Brett. Hello. It is late in the evening because Dune goes for two and a half hours. It does, and boy does it feel like it. Yes. So, in a word... Epic. In a word, epic. We did see it at IMAX, which makes it yes. more epic. In unnecessarily wearing 3D glasses, I think. Yeah, for the first probably few minutes, we were kind of looking at each other being like, is it 3D? Is it not 3D? You could see a lot of people doing what I was doing and like I was taking my glasses yeah. off and then putting them on going, I can't, I can't see any difference. I think we saw the 3D version, but I think Dennis Villeneuve yeah. didn't do what a lot of directors do with 3D and make it a thing. Yeah, it was an avatar. Yeah, I think he just used it to have a bit of depth to a lot of the epic scenes. Yeah, it was interesting though because in little bits where I took my glasses off for a bit, it looked better with the glasses off. Well, I think when it's just Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson sitting at the breakfast table, I don't. Yeah, I don't need my glasses. There's not on. much 3D then. No. But then when it's this huge expanse of sand, then mm. I think it adds a bit more depth. But if you haven't seen it yet, because you're from Australia, which is the only part of the world that hasn't seen it yet, yes, or New Zealand, sorry to any New Zealand listeners, then I don't think you need to go to the 3D. But I would recommend seeing it on the IMAX. I Yes, I would recommend it on seeing... That wasn't English. Recommend seeing it on. Recommend seeing on the biggest screen possible. And we did, because it is the biggest screen in Australia, the one in Melbourne. Yes. It's the biggest IMAX screen. I haven't been there for a while. In the Southern Hemisphere. But, and also maybe we were four rows from the front, so. Yeah, it was It was very still good, big. though. Like, it still looked good. Yes. Well, they, they've done well at the IMAX theatre that the front row is a good distance back from the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But. Interestingly, not all of it's shot with an IMAX camera. Okay. Which you might not have noticed unless you were kind of looking for it. And I only really noticed it when it went from like full screen to not full screen to full screen to not full screen. 
So sometimes there was a black bars top and bottom, and sometimes it was full screen. Yeah, okay. So that's interesting. There was one bit, I think, where it was like nothing much was happening on the screen, and then over in the, the far left of the screen, some guy just falls out of the sky, and you could see everybody's head just like turn. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, a man. Because you do need to full turn. Yes. On the IMAX screen. It is huge. Um, and so it did definitely work uh, for Dune, which is epic. The IMAX screen is 32 metres wide wow. and 23 metres high. Yes. It is huge. It has 15,000 watts of digital surround sound. And you could feel it. And Hans Zimmer made the most of it. Hans Zimmer goes, what do we need here? Oh, just a big loud bass. Yep, done. Or a big loud... There was a lot of that. Zena's back. In there. And there was... Like, it was just big on every level, except for Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya. Yes. They're big names, but between them, I reckon they weigh 80 kilos. I reckon I weigh more than them. Yes, yes. yes. Um, the Timothy Chalamet is a very good-looking young man. Yes. Almost to the point of being distracting. You know what? It, sometimes I look at his face and goes, I'll just go, oh, that's a jawline and a half. Yeah. It's really, it's weird, but... It's like, also almost wider than his neck. Like, yeah, but no, it's a actually, lot. it is the opposite. Because that's how heads work. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, it's, it's a jawline and a half, but then he must have a neck and three quarters because he, he, his head isn't heaps bigger, wider than his neck. Okay. But he's a very good looking man, almost to the point of being distracting. Like when I saw the first Captain America film, I was oh, just okay. like, Chris Evans is too good looking. For me to worry about anything else that's going on in this movie. <laughs> it's just, one, not fair on the rest of us, but also not fair on everything that the people are doing to make the movie that I'm distracted yeah, yeah, by yeah. how good looking he yeah, is. The special effects weren't Chris Evans' good looks. Yeah, like, no. Um, but I have to say, it he's still just a scrawny little kid. Yeah. It's going to be a long time, and we said it in our French Dispatch review, it's going to be a long time before he's not cast as a scrawny young man. Yeah, yeah. But he also talks the same in everything I've seen him in. Yes. I think I've seen him in like five or six things. Well, I've seen Zendaya now in three things. I haven't seen the TV show that she's apparently very good in. Yeah. But in as... The similarities in the way she talks between The Greatest Showman and she's not in this one a lot. No, but, but she's what, second billing yeah. or something on the thing. She's obviously got a huger part in the, fir- in the, second, in the second one. Part. Yeah. But yeah, she does seem to talk very similarly. It will be interesting to see how much bigger her part is in part two and what comes from that. Because she's yes. a very talented actress. Yes. Can I say one thing? So it's based on a book. I hope you say more than one thing. Yeah, okay, good. (laughs) It's based on a book published in 1965. 
Okay. Okay. And it's very interesting because I had it in my... I haven't read the book. I had it in my head as this big kind of fantasy thing, but it's in the future of human. Yeah. And it's not like a fantasy world. It's other planets. So it's more sci-fi yeah. than fantasy. But then, like... So, House Atreides, which is Timothy Chalamet and Oscar Isaac's house. Yeah. They are human. That is correct. Okay. They say that a few times. Because they're human, we get names like Paul and Jessica. And... Okay. But yeah. then, Oscar Isaac plays Leto Atreides. Mm-hmm. His head of uh, the, the weapons master is Gurney Halleck. Is that Josh Brolin? That's Josh Brolin. Okay. So we assume Josh Brolin is human. Yeah. Right? So it's just interesting that you get Paul and Gurney. But isn't like Jessica not human? No, I think, she's not. Okay. Bene Gesserit. I have to say, as a whole, it is a very good looking movie. Yes. But I don't think I really got... Everything that was going on. Well, because it was like, I feel like I missed some like pre-show explanation of what things are. Yeah. And as the guy behind us in the line for the parking ticket machine said. <laughs> He's definitely read the book. <laughs> He's and definitely seen the read old the movie. Um, so, and Shane has read the book and... We had a quick chat with him on the way out of the cinema, but then I heard the guy lining up to pay for parking saying this to his friend, which I don't like to do because no. while we were lining up to leave the car park, people were coming in to see the movie. Exactly. And I don't want spoilers to give to other no, people. it is rude. Like if you're listening to this, you're listening to this, knowing we're talking about June. Yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. But if you're just walking into the cinema, especially you don't want to hear some old guy go, oh, you missed all of this and this wasn't in it from the book and this was when this happened. Also, IMAX, there's one movie on. So it's not like somebody else walking in yeah. is going to see... Um, French Dispatch. Yeah. They are going to see Dune because yep. that is the only movie that's on. That's how you say Dune, by Thank the way. You, I've been practicing. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to see Dune. So the names I found funny. Yeah. There's very human names, Paul, mm-hmm. but also Jessica, but she's not human. Yeah. I... But then Leto and Gurney are human. But then Jason Momoa plays Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Like that sounds like a Tarantino character. <laughs> like Brad Pitt's character in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could have been like... Duncan Idaho. Playing Duncan Idaho. Yeah, Leo yeah. plays whoever he plays. Yep. And then when Brad Pitt has a go at making movies rather than being the stuntman, he's Duncan, Duncan Idaho. Idaho. Yep. But no, that's Jason Momoa, who I think has chubbed up a bit. You know what? It looked like he chubbed up a bit during the course of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I reckon it's because he's shaved. No. Do you know what I reckon it is? Halfway through filming, he was like, what, I don't have to get my shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm having another hot dog. Yeah. 
Um, I... But going to your point, actually, about missing background. Yes. There's a lot more politics in yeah. the book. Well, that's what I think. I don't know. I got the. I think it's almost like if you're going to see this movie, you are expected to have some idea of how fantasy sci-fi houses and planets work. So you should have a. It's like you should have a base knowledge of that because it's all royalty esque. I almost feel like it's to the point of this is just if you've read the book and want to go and see Denis Villeneuve's visualization of it. Yeah. Because there's a lot more visual than there is dialogue. Yep. The dialogue is very basic. There's, it's, yeah. Like it's not fantasy or sci fi in that there's words or ye olde speak. Like at one point, Timothy Chalamet turns to Rebecca Ferguson, goes, "You good? You good? yeah." I was like, "What the hell was that?" I was like, um, "One, she's you, your mother. She's your pregnant mother. <laughs> yeah. Two, you just crashed a fucking plane I or forgot, some shit. I forgot she was pregnant. Actually, yeah. until you just said that. Until and there was one point after they crashed and would have died. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, the sand could be softer on the planet. I forgot the name of. B. A. Baracus, Mister <laughs> Mister T. Isn't that? Atreides? No. No, Atreides is the family. Oh, don't ask me. Wikipedia, don't ask me to pay you. Um, Arrakis. Oh, it's Arrakis. Arrakis. I didn't think it was called that. Not B B T. No, I Arrakis. thought it was like Arrakis. No, you know what? I didn't think it was Arrakis. Anyway. Anyway. So the sand might be softer on Arrakis, but... No, you're dead. Or the landed in spice, maybe. There were 5,000 metres in the air and just nosedived into a yeah, fucking yeah. sand dune. So her and the baby are dead. She, when she grabbed her guts, yeah. I thought that was going to be that movie cliche of she's been shot or stabbed or wounded, but doesn't oh, but tell until yeah, later. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a meme I saw the other day. It's like... Movie law that if anybody gets stabbed in this region, they the midriff region, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they keep it to themselves until well later. Then the main character sees dead. a bit of blood. Yeah. Oh no, leave me! I thought Rebecca Ferguson was going to die. I thought so too because Oscar Isaac spoiler Oscar Isaac dies, but that was obvious that that yeah. was going to happen. Josh Brolin dies. Um. So Tim, uh, what's his face dies. Who? Jason Momoa. Oh, yeah, Jason Momoa dies. He di- died a little bit later. It's a big cast of big name people. Yes. And it's good. I think that the acting does quite well considering the dialogue is not nothing special. There's nothing special about... Like I said, visually, orally, yes, it's... Epic, yeah, and it's very good. Orally, not is good. Wordily, not so good. Linguistically, wordily, wordily. Okay. Um, like you said, like you know, it's just not. There's nothing much in it. No. Um. No. Well, it so, takes a while for something to actually happen as well. The, it does take a while for an action moment to happen. Yeah, and a suspense moment. But that first sandworm approaching the mining vessel, 
Yeah, that, that is good. well done. Yeah. So Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Zendaya, Dave Bautista. They're all very big. Javier Bardem, Jason Momoa. Mm. They're all big names. Then the voices of the Bene Gesserat that Paul hears in his visions are Marianne Faithful, Jean Gilpin, and Ellen Dubin. They're very name voices. Who are they? Marianne Faithful. She's married to Mick Jagger. And she hasn't... I'm able to know that? Well... Listeners know who Mary know the name Marianne Faithful. I've surely never heard that name before. Surely, nah. She's about as old as the book. She's probably older, actually. So the, but I have an issue. Okay, go. Timothy Chalamet's in three movies this year. Three. Well, two, three, whatever. They're all like cast other people. Why? Because there are other very good people out there. Yeah, but Timothy Chalamet is like it. Yeah. I just don't need to see the same people in everything. And if they're incredible, Timothy Chalamet, they're all very good actors. Maybe not Dave Bautista. I think that, like... No, he's not. No. Um, I think that, like, French Dispatch... Timothy Chalamet in French Dispatch is very Timothy Chalamet. Yes. Whereas Dune... Yep. It's not like you need a specific person to play it. Yeah. Because it's not much of it. So it could have not been Timothy Chalamet. People aren't going to go and see Dune because of Timothy Chalamet. They're going to see it because it's Dune. Yeah, yeah. You could have got a nobody. You could have got another scrawny white kid. Yeah. That who looks like from the neck down is still twelve years old. Yes. To play Paul Atreides. You could have got someone Greek, because it sounds Greek. Yeah. Or you could have got somebody that actually looks like they could be Oscar Isaac's son. Because I don't believe that. No. Of everything that no. happens in this movie, I don't believe that Oscar Isaac is Timothy Chalamet's dad. Because not only do they not look like it, I don't feel they act that much like it. They don't act like it. They don't look like it. They don't sound like it. Although I suppose... I don't think Timothy Chalamet can even really grow facial hair. Because that... Yeah, true. Well, French Dispatch proved that. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's beard is... I was thinking about his beard. It's so tight. I don't think I'll ever get mine that neat and... Not that I'm trying. That neat... And tight. Yeah, but is it is it a real beard though? It could be a beard wig. Well, he's had. Surely there's a there's a word for, for beard wig. It's not Merkin. No, it's not Merkin. Beard wig name. Postiche. Nah. Any it's not item that. of false hair worn on the head or face. Head. <laughs> it's a wig. It's a wig. <laughs> or a toop. Um. So that distracted me a bit, actually. Yeah, so what is facial postiche? Postiche is a term used to describe false hair pieces which vary from wigs to hair pieces and facial hair pieces, such as moustaches, beards, and sideburns. So it's a collective term. Well, it's anything that fake hair from the neck up. Right. But I don't think there's anything specific for 
beards. Fake beards. But I think you would use postiche because you use wig for head generally. Okay, postiche. Do you think Timothy Chalamet in French Dispatch was postiched um, or drawn on with... I think it was drawn on with a Sharpie. Francis McDormand's eyeliner pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it did distract me a bit every time Oscar Isaac and um, Timothy Chalamet were in the same room. I'm like, you're not related. Well, I'd, I was like, Jessica... What's it? Jessica Ferguson? That's not her name. Rebecca Ferguson plays Lady Jessica. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she had an affair. This is not her. This is... Well, it could be a part of the thing. Maybe part two. Mm. Mm. Because they're not married. Yeah. You're, it's just his concubine. Consort, as this says. So there is a lot more politics from... And as the guy, I learnt from the guy behind us in line, <laughs> yeah. that... The Atreides family, the house, mm-hmm. was getting very popular and the emperor felt threatened. So he sent House Atreides to the toughest planet in the Imperium yeah. to die, essentially. Yeah, because... And then when Stellan Skarsgård, Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, Baron of House Harkonnen, which is what Baron Harkonnen means, yes, decides that he wants to go and kill... House Atreides, all of them, Imperium lets him because the Emperor is threatened by House Atreides. So wait. Stellan Skarsgård is not the Emperor. Oh. No. Oh. We haven't seen the Emperor yet. We haven't seen the Emperor. But the Emperor is very threatened by the popularities of House Atreides, which we don't get very explicitly. Yeah, because you would have... I feel like that would have... Help being good to know, yeah. And when you're making one book into two almost three hour movies, that seems like something that you wouldn't leave out, yeah. Whereas I would have left out the discussion about the palm trees that got burnt yes. in the end anyway, with no one need, around them. I don't need to know about palm trees because there wasn't then a scene after it of people mourning the sacred palm trees. So, why do we need five minutes to talk about the palm trees? Was it more just to go like, oh, water is scarce? That's all I got from that. Yeah, but we know. We're in a fucking desert. Yeah. There water was a whole scarce. another 20-minute thing but then, about how these special suits sap your water and make you drink your own sweat. Yeah. So we, we get it. But also you don't need that because probably 99.9% of people know that a desert has no water. It's yeah. So <laughs> if you just look at the movie, yeah. there's no water. You don't see and there's the any, scene like water. There's a scene of Timothy Chalamet putting his hand in the water on Earth before they go to Arrakis. And that's yeah. like, oh, he wants to feel water before he goes. Yeah. So we get it. We don't need the palm trees. Give me more of why. Because it is odd. But oh, I was so good. Oh, I thought he was the emperor. No, no. He's the baron of another house. Oh. Yeah. Wow, I missed that. Okay. He does seem very... Jabber the heart. Well, yes. But also he does seem very empirical, but he's just hiring some imperial forces 
which sounds very Star Wars. Yes. Imperium forces <laughs> to take out Atreides. Um, right. Okay. Because then that other thing when it was like, then we just go to this other planet for a bit that yeah. is just full of armies. or It was like the war planet. Yep. Which I didn't really understand. One thing that, see, that's one thing that I don't really get in sci-fi is often there's colonization has happened. Yeah. And so often in sci-fi there's big allegories for colonization and all the good and bad things that go with that. Yeah, which this one yes is a lot of. But then each planet has their one thing. Yeah. Like if you think about it, like but that doesn't even make sense compared to the world. It's not like oh yeah. Australia is the country and that's where all of our thing comes from. Yes. China is the country where we the only country where we get this one thing. USA yes. is where the one thing comes from. And yeah. you know, like we're known for this and China is known for this and USA is known for this. But when it seems to but happen we still, on a we galactic still scale have rice. Yeah. And we still have guns. Yeah. And we yeah. still have sheep. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say still that cheap <laughs> because that's probably what we... That would be our yeah. thing. But it just doesn't... Like, it just... This planet is the military base. Which makes no sense. That was like... I was like, so who are these other military people? Yeah. But everyone has their own military... planet? No, that was where we went to hire the Imperium forces. Oh, yeah. So the Imperium just has a planet the of... Tradians, a trades is a tradians, um, a good <laughs> at fighting. Well, certainly or just Jason Momoa is certainly Duncan Idaho is. <laughs> what a name! It's a bit porn starry. Yeah, Duncan Idaho. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense next to Leto Atreides and Gurney Halleck. I would have almost <laughs> you'd almost swap them. Oh no! But then Josh Brolin's too old. To be Duncan Idaho. You know the other thing that was like, Timothy Chalamet's just a kid. Yeah. He's doing all this, I'm in my fancy get up. And then he sees um, that older the fat guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, oh, and runs up to him and hugs him. And then he sees like See that? Jason Momoa. He's like, Duncan. <laughs> that was a bit of a weird disconnect for me because that's like teenage kid behavior and and i feel like the book and i don't know maybe it's because 90 percent of the movies that aren't marvel that are action recently have been ya stuff where it's like harry potter or hunger games or whatever but like is timothy chalamet's character very young like is he 16 or is he 21. You never know to look at Timothy Chalamet, whether he's yeah, 16 he could or 21. could be anywhere between 16 and 30. But like that kind of behavior of the hug running up and hugging seems very young. Yeah. But he seems very switched on politically when that Fremen guy comes to yeah. the thing. It's a bit out, it's a bit weird. I think especially with the older I don't even know what his name was. I don't even. I honestly don't know. You know the short, the fat guy. Um, oh, was he? It um, was at a place 
for that because they didn't really Stephen McKinley up. Henderson, maybe. Tufi Hawat, the mentat of House Atreides. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah, so they didn't really set up that relationship between the two of them like they did with um, Paul and Duncan. They and had that scene where it was just like, Haha, I'm joking with you, you're my friend. Yeah. But they didn't do that with this other guy. So that seemed weird to me. The, oh, it's great to see you again, seemed unnecessary because there hadn't been a relationship set up before. Yes. That's where, that's time you could have spent giving us more politics. It could have gone on. It was already two and a half hours. Chuck another 10 minutes on yep. to explain yep. something. It's Actually, you know the one thing I really could have done with a lot more explanation is these these priestess witch. Yep. I don't understand that at all. Yep. It was just like, ooh, you're, can, you can see the present or the past or the future, but you couldn't see that you were going to get attacked. It, I don't know. So the Bene Gesserit, Bene Gesserit, Bene Gesserit. Uh, the group is in, this is from Wikipedia. The group is an exclusive sisterhood whose members train their bodies and minds through years of physical and mental conditioning to obtain superhuman powers and abilities that can seem magical to outsiders. Well, they're not not magical. Like the way that's worded is like they're just really intuitive. They're not born magical. They're trained to be able to do magical things. But also... The way that Wikipedia thing was worded is that they're not actually magical. Like, they're just really intuitive, so they guess things about you. But then, Whereas other people might think, oh, she's psychic. But then Timothy Chalamet going, I know your dream. Yes. That's a sight. Yeah. That's not seeming magical. Like, sleight of hand, oh, you picked my card. And then other thing is just like, I've seen myself meeting Zendaya. Yeah. But then it's like, you didn't see any of the other shit that went down? Yeah. And He's still training, so I kind of, you can escape true. that. But then when... Surely um, Rebecca Ferguson's seen all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, when some of the scenes were like played out and it was the whole weird voices that you control people with. Yeah. Oh, yes. I've, the voice. Yeah, like kind of maybe give me more info on that. Because that seems like an important thing. Yeah. I, I I think some story was sacrificed in favour of look. Yeah. Because there's lots of big establishing flyovers and a lot of time spent seeing the those mosquito planes fire up, the dragonfly planes yeah. fire up. Yeah. And... It's good to know that even in the year 10,105, that a m- movie main character is still going to have trouble starting their transport in yeah, an that's emergency. Good. Yep. Like, when that was happening, I was like, really? Yeah. Of, was a all, bit... of all the tropes, yeah. this one you bring through? <laughs> like, shit's going to happen and he can't start the car. Yeah. Um, the House of Trades could really use some improvement on their shield technology. Yeah, it, Those it, it shield, only blocks punches, it the, seems. Yeah, they do nothing. No, other than make you a little bit distracted from the fighting. 
because yeah. there's lots of blurring and yeah. jumping and yeah. I, I thought maybe that bit was going to be a bit in 3D. Oh yeah, more, but then it wasn't. Well, not much was at all. No. Is Zendaya the actress that the most people have fallen in love with at first sight? Zac Efron, yep. Caesar on the trapeze, bang, yep. done. Tom Holland, Spider Man, meets her once, in love, tells him, tells her yep. he's Spider Man. Timothy Chalamet, Caesar in a dream, in love. Yeah, but not and not just in love, in like fourteen year old boy giddy love. Yeah, like he's smiling like a little kid when he sees her. Like, yeah, no, you're about to fight this guy to the death. Yeah, stop grinning like a little kid at her. That that was a bit ugh, for me weird. Yeah, I don't get his character. Sometimes I was like, oh, he's good. He's smart. Other times I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, mate? Well, I think that's his youth, is that he's still learning things and... Yeah. I just... Yeah. I don't know. It's very good looking. I. It's what you said. The story is not the highlight. Of, I didn't walk out of this going, that is a great story. I can't wait to see the rest of it. Yes, I didn't come out thinking, oh, I wonder what happens next. I go, I, from what I've read on Facebook, because as we said at the start, we're the last people in the world to see it. Yep. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe it ended there. I can't wait two years because it's 2023. That's obvious where it's going to end. But it was where it, though? going to end? Because it could have ended, I felt like it could have ended when... Oscar Isaac, Oscar died. Isaac died. Yeah. And then I felt like it could have ended when they crashed the plane. Yeah. And then I felt like it could have ended when he met Zendaya. Yeah. And he could have made a trilogy no, out of it. But I think that true. It could have it could have been a trilogy for sure. Three two hour movies. And then you get ten more minutes to explain why the Emperor and um Stellan Skarsgard hate Oscar Isaac so much. Yes. And why they're not the same person. <laughs> yes. Um, and why Oscar Isaac looks nothing like his son. Yeah. Um, but I think that where it ended is good because it's like they've gone this thing and then now the Fremen? Fremen. Fremen. Um, trust him. And the, the next bit is him going along with them. Yes. In the trailer, you see him with blue eyes. Yeah. You see Timothy Chalamet with blue eyes, which when I said to Shane, who's read the book, that I don't like that that was in the trailer, that's a fairly big plot point, I thought, in looking at the trailer. Yes. So if you're listening this far, you should have seen the movie. He doesn't get blue eyes in the movie. He no. dreams about the future where he might have blue eyes. Yep. But if you're watching a trailer and explaining a story, the basis of a story without giving away spoilers, and you say one race has brown eyes, one race has blue eyes, but hey, this guy from the brown eye race is going to have blue eyes. That but seems like a fairly major plot yeah. point to put in a trailer. And then, but they say at the start that their eyes are really blue because they're in the desert. Oh, because the they're junkies on the spice. Yeah. So it's not, they're not born with it. It's not Maybelline. No, maybe she's it's, born with it. It's like developed. It's a side effect of the sand. Yeah, I get that. But that's shown in the trailer. Yes. Which and I then think shown is a in thing. a vision 
Then yeah. and now Sarah, I know. I nearly called her Sarah Ferguson. Then. <laughs> Fer- and then Fergie, Fergie, Fergie has a baby, and then the baby and her have these blue eyes as well. So that's we now that we know that. Um, she's. I'm sorry. She miscarried. I'm so like I don't want to go hasn't there because now that we're seeing that Jessica Ferguson or Janine Ferguson is <laughs> we're going with Fergie. Timothy. I'm calling her Fergie. When Fergie and Timothy, yeah. Are going to the Cooperpedia people under the sand? Yeah. <laughs> then she is obviously going to do a lot of drugs and have a baby, yeah. who's a junkie baby, obviously. Yeah, because the baby's born with blue eyes. Yes. Speaking of spice, I saw a guy with a T-shirt that said, uh, "He who controls the spice controls the universe," which is a big thing. That I remember knowing about June. Okay. Okay, because I have some fantasy nerd friends. Okay. As well as sci-fi nerd friends. So there's a little Venn diagram of some oh, of my of friends June. in the middle where June sits. Yeah. And I didn't get that sense at all from this movie. I thought that spice was just like good sand. Like it's a commodity. Well, it is. And Zendaya, I think, but also explained it. She was like, we use it as a drug. To be able to see the future and know how to fight good. Yeah. And then the humans or the Imperium use it Space as travel. a drug so that their navigators can do a hallucination of the good space travel routes. It so was it just, is a commodity. Yeah. It goes, without spice, space travel is impossible. Yeah. And I, I just I didn't get the connection of yeah. how this sand thing... Makes you fly a dragonfly plane. It's an hallucinogen, okay? Yeah. And the Fremen people use it for learning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the Imperium people use it to envision safe space travel routes. Okay. So for one, it's mind broadening. For the other, it's Google Maps. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I didn't get that. No, it, it's... That wasn't explained. If you're not super switched on, and because words are so few, I think you need to pick up on every word. Yeah, but also, when the words are going, and it's this... Huge thing, thing and there's... The, ah, I'm like, ah. Yep. I'm also, not paying attention to your words. Fergie whispers the whole thing. Oh fuck me! I, I tell you, I couldn't tell you half of the words the Fergie Timothy said. Timothy Chalamet did that too sometimes, but he also mumbles a lot. Um, he's no Rami Malek. No, he's not. But um, it's like she's like, and then the fear, fear is the thing. I'm like, I'm like, Jessica, speak up. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't think that was done particularly well. It could have been in IMAX the sound is a lot louder, the, particularly the music and the sound as opposed to the dialogue. Right, okay. But I still think there were bits of dialogue that could definitely have been louder. I think the yes. last thing I saw at IMAX was Tenet. I honestly which was a year ago. I I think this is like the third time I've gone to. And it reminded me because Tenet IMAX. is very loud at the start. Have you seen it? No. Oh, I won't say too much of it. Ooh. 
Tenet is very loud at the start, but I think that's a deliberate choice of Christopher Nolan's, which if you want to speak about it, you can speak to me about it because I don't want to say too much to it about <laughs> Brett. Um, I have to say a pet peeve. Yes. Of general movie-ness. Okay. The creation of movies, how people watch movies, and the study of movies. Yeah. I don't give a shit how good the movie is of the book, right? Yeah. I am not going... The point of making a movie of a book isn't to do the book. Yep. It is an interpretation of the story that is the book into a movie. Well, the point of making a movie is to make a movie. Yeah. So I don't want to go, oh, in the book, he yep. does this, not this. I'm I, like, have I don't this, give a shit. I have I'm this not debate talking all about, the time with Shane about Harry Potter. I'm not talking. I'm not studying. I'm not reading the book. Yep. All right? Yep. I'm not going here to consume the book. I'm seeing the movie. Yeah. And I think this seems like... All of those scenes you've read on the pages of Dune, the book, this is how Denis Villeneuve (laughs) pictures them. And also there's some dialogue. Yes. It's like that classic meme that I see on Facebook all the fucking time. Yes. Where it's like... The distracted boyfriend is one is the book and one is... No, it's it's about Harry Potter. Yep. Of the Goblet of Fire. Okay. And then in oh, the book yeah. it goes, Dumbledore calmly asks, did you put your name? And then in the movie, Michael Gab- Gambon? Whatever. Gambon, Dumbledore yep. like, is like, did you put your name in the camera? People are like, ugh, that's not the book. I'm like, no, he's an actor and he's making a fucking acting choice. Yeah, but it works. So if I didn't know that in the book he yells, and in the or vice versa, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. In the movie, he yells, and in the book, he, it works in the scene. Yes, for Michael Gambon, it, it's not out of character for Gandalf to behave like that in that scene. Dumbledore. Oh fuck! <laughs> Jesus, it would be out of character for Gandalf to be there. <laughs> it would be very out of character for Gandalf to be there. Um, I was about to say, at least I didn't put a Duchess in the. Rebecca Ferguson kind of does play a duchess. <laughs> she literally does. The consort, well, not technically, because she's the consort. She's a lady. But, um, it, yeah, it yeah. does make sense for Michael Gambon to act like that within the character of yes. Dumbledore yeah. in Harry Potter. But also, when you read the book, it makes sense for Dumbledore to behave calmly in that situation. Yes, they're different so, things. But, but then one thing a lot of Harry Potter people say is that in the book he has blue eyes and in the movie he has green eyes or vice versa. Yeah. I don't like, give a shit. That doesn't matter. It's not important to the story. And then some people go, oh, but it's because he's got his mother's eyes. I'm like, yeah, but his mother in the movie has the same eyes as yeah. him. Yeah. You're not comparing book Lily to movie Lily. No. You're comparing movie Lily to movie Harry. That's yes. all the comparison you've yeah, got to yeah, do. Yeah. And book Harry to book Lily. Yeah. That's it. But my thing as well is like if I don't know how you can enjoy a movie that is a book. Yep. If you are watching the movie and just going like, ooh, in the book they did. Ooh, in the book. Just watch the movie. Yep. If you like the book so much, just read the fucking book and yep. don't watch the movie. Yes, that's Swearing it. Swearing a bit, whatever. It's With just annoying. That's just a pet peeve. I'm sure it will come up again in a future episode. <laughs> 
Do you want to know a bit about the background of Dune becoming a movie or not really? Oh, it, it was shit in the 80s and now it's good. So the 80s version, uh, so it was produced by Raffaella De Laurentiis in 1984. Yes. It was intended as a three-hour film, but was cut to 137 minutes. God. So that's like cutting a whole almost hour out of it and was poorly received. In 1996, well, the first potential film was going to be in from 1971. Oh. So shortly after, this is Wikipedia, shortly after publication in 1965, Dune was identified for potential film prospects and the right to adapt the novel to film have been held by several producers since 1971. So filmmaker Alejandro Urodowski has a, had acquired the rights in the 70s to make an extravagant 14-hour adaptation of the book, but the project fell apart. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, you make a 10-part Netflix or HBO mm. epic. Exactly. Prospects to make a successful adaptation of Dune improved after the critical and commercial success of the film series adaptations of The Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, both of which maintained most of the work's key characters and plots while managing the limited running time. I'm not sure how super well that he has maintained... Uh, he's maintained key characters and plots, but I think he's lost yeah. depth of story, yep. but given us definitely depth of visual. Yes. And it's so it's interesting, yeah, about... Which you go for. I feel like I missed things because I didn't know a lot of the backstory or more depth to the some of the things. Yeah. Yeah. If I'd known that, I would have been like, oh, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Whereas I think I missed things. I think you. it just felt very shallow the whole way. I didn't feel like I missed things. I just felt like, Oh, this is a bit of a nice story. Not nice. Oh, this is a bit of a story. This is a story that looks good. Yeah. Which is fine. As we've said, you can go to the movies just to watch things. Yeah. Or you can go to a movie for a deep... I feel like if he'd made a three, he could have made a trilogy. Yeah. But he probably made a choice not to make a trilogy because everybody makes trilogies. Yeah, he doesn't want a trilogy because then it's like there'll be the nerds and the geeks. Will be like, oh, but Lord of the Rings did this. Yeah, it'll be compared to Lord of the Rings in if it comes in three parts. I think just give it Oscars now yes. for sound and visuals. Yep. Don't think any of the acting. Maybe director. I don't know, but if like picture, it'll get nominated for best picture. It we, it most likely will. Yes. Um, I don't know if it'll win because it'll be like, you know how Lord of the Rings, the third one won? Yeah. Because it'll be like, oh, I suppose the other two were good as well, just given everything. I think the part two has a good chance. So Dennis Villeneuve is a very visual director, which sounds stupid because it's a visual medium. <laughs> yes. But like he's a very... Aesthetic. He has aesthetics for his films, and it's very big visual. So Blade Runner yes. twenty forty nine 
is very big on the visual. Arrival that's the one is his as well. Yeah, Arrival, that's what I yep. was thinking of. Um, and Sicario, I didn't know he directed Sicario. Yes, okay. Yeah. So uh, also Prisoners, that one, right. Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. Which is very good. Okay. Which I should watch again, actually. Good. But yeah, he's got a lot going on and a lot of the visuals. So he's got Dune Part 2 coming up and a movie called Cleopatra. Ooh, what could that be about? Mm. Who's in it? Beyonce? No, no one yet. Oh. Um, She'd be good for Cleopatra, just saying. Sony Pictures had has called this film their Gone with the Wind project as it's being held in the highest regard. They call it this because of the film's potential sheer scope in scale of its story and setting. Nope. Sony has compared the project to Gone with the Wind, 1939, and Titanic, 1997, hence for originally wanting James Cameron to helm in its early development stage. So IMDb mm. says nothing other than that, really. Um, and the photo is... A drawing of Cleopatra that looks more like oh, it's you're talking Asian? about Cleopatra. I thought you were talking about June. Oh no. June is June is certainly epic, like Gone with the Wind is epic. Yeah. But it doesn't have the story. Yes. This I don't know. It's a bit weird. I didn't yeah, it was alright. But also it it. All of the things that we're saying, this quote from uh, Villeneuve kind of contradicts and doesn't fit with what we're saying. He says in this Wikipedia, he stated that, I would not agree to make this adaptation of the book with one single movie. So he yes. made it a two-movie deal with Warner Brothers in the same style as the two-part adaptation of Stephen King's It. Okay. Okay. He said Dune was too complex and has mm. power in details. Right. And I don't think we got those story details. I didn't get a lot of details. The only details I got was the sand. And the sandworm. And the sandworm. Yeah, which that does is look good. epic and yeah. huge. Yeah. But I, I do feel like if I was Frank Herbert, I'd be disappointed he wrote Dune. I'd be disappointed man. that not a lot of the politics stuff, which if you think about it, he wrote it in the 60s, a pretty politically hot time. Chuck a prequel in. Well, maybe they will if that makes it makes a lot of money, which it will. Which it will, which I think it already has. Would you call it an ensemble cast? I would call it Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. And other people there. So... It's definitely Tim. It's we, Timothy Chalamet. Wikipedia says ensemble cast. In Every, contrast to the popular model, cast. which gives precedence to a sole protagonist, an ensemble cast leans more towards a sense of collectivity and community, which I don't think this does. It is a sole protagonist. Yeah, it is. But I think a lot of people call ensemble cast is when it's not like. Tom Cruise and a whole lot of other actors. Yeah, it's every I, like big, yeah. the more big names you put, the more people yeah. lean toward calling it an ensemble. The cast. more um, the more names you can squeeze at the top of the poster that people recognise. Well, like the French Dispatch that we watched last week, there's not enough room on the bloody poster for all those names. 
but that's certainly not an ensemble cast. Yeah. Because they don't all act together. That's what I think ensemble cast. Yeah, right. Ensemble cast is like friends. friends. Yeah. Not like Seinfeld. It's modern family. Not yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like it's friends, not really great. not like friends from college, which looked like was gonna be an ensemble cast, but really uh, yeah, it's, it's just Robin Shabotsky. Keegan Michael Key and Robin Shabotsky yeah. and they have friends. And friends, yeah. Anyway. From college. So that's it. Okay. It's grossed more than three hundred and seventy four million worldwide already. Less than yes. a week after its release, Dune Part 2 was confirmed with a planned release in October 2023. How would you feel if you went and watched the movie and then they were like, we're not actually going to make Part 2? I don't know. Yeah, I don't understand how you can particularly make after this movie as it is and then not yeah. have a sequel. But also after what I said before where Villeneuve was like, I want a two-picture deal. Yeah. He yeah. signed on for two movies, so he was going to make two. Yes. If he doesn't make this, he makes a third Blade Runner for Warner Brothers. Or like... He makes Arrival <laughs> 2, Second Coming. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That's actually a good title. Um, it's a good movie. Like, it is a good movie. It is a good movie, yes. It's visually, it's aesthetically pleasing. We've said a lot that the story could have used more depth. Um. But the visual certainly also could have used more depth for the 3D glasses. <laughs> Literally, it could have used more dimension. Uh, but we got a bit more dimension by the 3D glasses. If you've listened to all of this and haven't seen it, sorry about the spoilers, go and see it at IMAX if you can. If you loved it on a normal screen, go and see it at IMAX, I think. Because if you want to go and see it again... yeah. Go all out and go and see it at IMAX. There were people on the Facebook from other countries that got yes. it months ago. Like, oh, I've already seen this four times in the cinema. I'm like, do you really need to see it that much? No. I don't get You don't need point. to see anything four times in the cinema. No, twice maybe. Yeah. Like, especially if you do normal and IMAX or something like that. I saw Hairspray or, twice in the cinema. Or if you worked at the cinema and you had two different friends that wanted to go see Burlesque, so you went and saw it twice just because... Just because you love Christine Aguilera. Or that time that we decided we were going to go and see a movie with friends and you and I were the only one in our group that had already seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but they really wanted to they see really it. To so see we're it. like, oh, we'll go and see it again. Yeah. Which worked out well because Danielle didn't like horror movies, even though she was part of the group pushing to go and see it. So she said, oh, can you, tell, can you tell me when there's something scary coming up? <laughs> yes. So I did. Danielle. <laughs> yeah. So as the suspense rises, we go to alert Danielle that there's something scary going to happen and us alerting her is scarier. So she screams before yeah. any chainsaw appears. And she couldn't um, sit on the end of the edge of the group. Yeah, because <laughs> there might be a chainsaw in the Werribee 10 cinemas. Um, How many spice hits of spice out of five? I don't know. Um, how do you take spice? You just breathe it in off the sand. Do you or snort it? Is it like? Well, he was just. Is like, it like chroming, and you just put a plastic bag over know. your head and breathe it in? It was like secondhand spice or something. At some points, I think. Yeah, 
He didn't get his mask up in time. Was that deliberate? Oh, is that a commentary on COVID? Commentary about masks. Mm. I'm going to have blue eyes because I might catch COVID. Um, I don't know, like a three? Yeah, okay. I feel like what I've actually said, though, is probably makes it seem like less than a three. But I'll say three out of five. Yeah, I think I'll say 3.2 out of 5. Oh, okay. I'm going to go. That's my thing now. It's going to be the points. How horny is it? Not very. Only Timothy Chalamet. Well, he doesn't even seem horny for Zendaya. He just seems like, oh, yeah. I think I really like this girl. I think that as well, it's a weird thing for a young male to be like, I had a dream about a girl last night. Yeah. To your mum? To your mum, yeah. Hey, did you have another dream? Yeah, it was about a girl. It was about a girl. Again? Okay. Okay. Wow. And one, so one weird thing, the dynamic between Fergie and Tim. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. They've gone through all of this shit, right? Yeah, yeah. The dad's dead. Yep. The city's blown up. They crashed and somehow survived. If they don't go and stand on the rocks, the sandworm's going to get them. If they don't get this suit on... Then the desert's going to get them. Yeah. But he doesn't want to drop his shorts in front of his mum. He's really suddenly self-conscious. Yeah, that was weird. Because then she was like looking at him. Yeah. I don't... It was it was strange to me. And it was unnecessary because that... It almost seemed like he wanted to put a normal teenage boy moment in. Of yeah. being awkward in, about changing in front of your mum. Like, yeah. It's not what he is. He's a duke now. Yeah. Like it's, it was weird. It was strange. Joffrey's not it. awkward about things. Mm-hmm. Joffrey's Joffrey. Anyway, three, three, three snorts of three lines of <laughs> three lines of spice, spice out of five, and I'm going to give it three point two inhalation, chroming style <laughs> inhalations, because that's how I think you take spice. Um, thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, for hosting another recording of Two Drink Cinema. Thank you, listeners, for listening. If you want to chat to us about Dune, uh, then get in touch with us on the socials. We are back to our regular programming on Tuesday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode of Two Drink Cinema. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Please share with a friend and leave a rating and review. It goes a long way to help us reach a bigger audience. This show is produced by Odd Sox Entertainment. For more of Odd Sox Entertainment's work, including the show notes for this episode, follow the link in this episode description. Follow us on all your social platforms and join our Facebook group to connect with us. Thanks for listening. Happy watching and drink responsibly. Cheese. Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively, to have an open conversation about life. No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favourite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod.